Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. Employ Milwaukee has a long history of devoting resources to implement and advance youth development within Milwaukee County. Things from our Earn and Learn program, which put over 1,300 young people to work this past summer, and it continues to grow every year. This past summer, programs like Camp Rise, which introduced workforce development to young boys between the ages of 10 and 14, had great success. And we're excited to bring it back this summer to include young girls. I get excited when I see young people proactively reaching out before the summer begins, inquiring about signing up for programming. That speaks volumes about the impact we're seeing from the investments in youth development for our community. Many of the young adults in our community have become so much more than a program participant. I still get calls from people who were in Earn and Learn years ago, and now they're bringing their kids to orientation. And it's so rewarding to see how big of an impact a youth program has on someone's life. It's important that we not let up and continue to grow and support youth enrichment organizations like Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee. So the Milwaukee young adults always have a safe and an inclusive place where they can be themselves. Whether you're new school or old school, it's clear to see that kids and young adults face far more challenging things in their day-to-day lives today. So we must give them every opportunity to make positive choices. And today, I have with me Kathy Thornton Bias, who's the president and CEO of Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee. Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee has more than 750 employees and over 2,000 volunteers and serves over 40,000 kids, making it one of the largest Boys and Girls Club in the nation. Before stepping into her position at Boys and Girls Club, Kathy garnered over 20 years of experience as a retail executive for Saks Fifth Avenue, Bandon Olfensen, and New York's Museum of Modern Art. She sits on numerous nonprofit boards and has received recognition from several esteemed publications, including one of Biz Times Wisconsin most influential business leaders. She is also someone I consider a colleague and a close friend. Kathy, I want to welcome you to my show, and we're delighted for you to join us today. Thank you, Shaitani, for that introduction, and I'm super excited to be here. So I'm going to dive in and ask you some questions and you know, you and I are friends, and so I might pivot a little bit, but my first question for you is, um, I'd like to talk to you about how you began at the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee, going from an executive um, in retail to a nonprofit. I'm sure that was a pretty big pivot. Like, what are some of the things that were similar um, in the work you did previous and the work you're doing now, and what have you learned from both of them? It's interesting. I do receive that question a lot. And I'll tell you that running the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Milwaukee feels like running Nordstrom's. We have 52 locations uh, across the city of Milwaukee. We have lots of products and programs that we offer uh, kids and families. Uh, My customers, I think of our club members as customers. Mm -hmm. Um, They may be under the age of 18, but they definitely vote with their feet and they tell you what they like and what they don't like. So there's really some great similarities um, between the businesses. And I think when you get to be the size of Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater Milwaukee, it's like running a mid-sized company. Mm -hmm. So all those skills around finance and strategy and vision casting, you know, are muscles that I use every single day. And those are things in this workforce arena we call transferable skills. And I like to make sure that we point that out to folks because we've seen so much 
um, with the pandemic and people pivoting from a particular industry or field that they were in pre-pandemic to now post-pandemic, they're looking at new things and how do I make that transition? But there's a lot of things, regardless of um, them being in the same sector, that you can transfer over to a new arena. So thank you, Kathy, for bringing that up. So what did you want to do when you grew up and, and how is that similar to what you're doing now? Because I, I, you know, a lot of people are not doing what it is that they thought they would be doing when they were growing up. Well, again, back to your point of being a sector switcher, you know, most of us will work well into our early 70s. And with that type of longevity in the workforce, you will find that that many people go through various sectors um, and, and one career isn't going to be the way, you know, we kind of navigate life. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, what I wanted to be when I grew up was an entrepreneur. That word didn't exist per se um, for a little, you know, skinny black girl from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. But uh, my first job, I ran a babysitting franchise mm-hmm. that I created. I was uh, babysitting for a lot of, you know, my neighbors. And I started to get booked and I started to raise my rates. I started to hire my friends to work for me. And then I would book them. We had cancellation fees. I mean, it was a very professional operation. Our customer service was well known Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood and with the PTA. So, you know, the folks that worked for me, we always made sure that the kids' rooms were cleaned after they went to bed. The kitchens were always cleaned and wiped down. Mm -hmm. So when parents would come back, they'd be so impressed with the level of service. And I I say that because customer service is something that should be at the core of all business, whether yes. you're at a nonprofit or a for-profit company like Saks Fifth Avenue or Bang & Olufsen, the way you show up for your customer, the way you handle your customer, the way you serve your customer is really important. And so from a babysitting mogul, <laughs> um, I was then um, you know, off to high school where I was a lifeguard and a camp counselor for many, many years. Um, after college, you know, I, I promised my parents that I was going to law school. In fact, um, I was admitted to law school and uh, happened to get a job from Saks Fifth Avenue to go in their training program. I begged my parents to let me take a gap year before going to law school that I was going to go to New York and live the life, you know, up on Fifth Avenue and the shoes and the handbags. But I promised them it would be a year. So, yes, 25 years later. Right. <laughs> I never went wow. to law school. It's still the subject of much conversation at the uh, Thanksgiving dinner table at the Thornton household. My father's very disappointed that his daughter is not a lawyer, but I think I did okay. Yeah, you did. But that babysitting actually, not, not that Boys and Girls Club babysit, but that whole experience very young, working with young people mm-hmm. and giving good customer service. That is awesome. So both of our organizations, Kathy, are passionate about providing support to our community's future. Why is serving youth important to you? They may not be our future today, but they are undoubtedly our future tomorrow. And you can't have a healthy Milwaukee. You can't have a prosperous Milwaukee. You can't have um, a productive Milwaukee without having a well-educated, well-prepared, um, strong valued uh, group of young people. Our mayor has a very audacious goal that he'd like Milwaukee to have a million residents. Yeah, And I think it's very doable, but it's only doable under certain conditions 
being improved. And one of those is our graduation rate, particularly of black and brown students, mm -hmm. um, our incarceration rates, particularly of black and brown um, uh, students and, and males in particular, and our access to life affordable jobs. I'm always surprised at how much kids in the clubs react when they see something they've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And whether that's Lake Michigan or going up to camp and actually seeing a bullfrog in the wild, people say, oh, you have to believe it to be it. Sometimes you have to see it to be it. I so what I love about yeah. the work that, that you all do and that we do as a, as a partner with Employ Milwaukee is making these opportunities both possible, but also presentable. Um, back in the old days, when you know, I, my kids were little, maybe when yours as well, there were things called career days. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the moms and dads would go to their kids' second grade class and they'd tell them what they did for a job. And of course, whoever's mom or dad was a police officer was like the coolest kid for the week, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Or the fireman. I was in retail, so I'd explain that to a bunch of second graders. But I say that because kids were exposed to many, many, many more career options in those kinds of environments. And for a lot of our students, they don't have those experiences any longer. Right, right. Um, and so I think it's really important not to wait until a kid is in high school to start talking about what do you want to do with your life, but you start those conversations much earlier because we have to start to then model some of those behaviors and, and bring some of those experiences to kiddos so that they know what's possible beyond their own neighborhood, beyond their own zip code, beyond their own city. Right. What's possible for me? Absolutely. And, and you bring up a critical word, and that's the exposure. Um, you know, we talk about youth being our future, but we also have to look at youth being our today, because if we don't have the kids in mind today, then there is no future for those same young people. And so exposing them, I say to people all the time, young people who are exposed to things outside of their neighborhoods are those young people who tend to... Um, have opportunity to get on a different track than what it is they see every single day. And that's the premise behind Camp Rise. You mentioned too about um, starting younger than high school. You know, Camp Rise, we started at age 10 to introduce young people to workforce development because our programs typically start at age 14, which is your, your freshman in high school age. But when you look at statistics, a lot of young people are not even making it to those years in high school where those opportunities exist. And so tapping into young people much younger and exposing them to the possibilities, it does put them in a better uh, situation to change that narrative. So yeah, thank you so much for highlighting exposing young people. Also, our organizations serve a lot of the same kids here in Milwaukee County. Can you share the ways that um, Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee has built a community of support for the kids that you all and we all serve together? Well, one of the things I love about, you know, Milwaukee, although I'm not from Milwaukee, I'm, I'm a transplant here, is the level of cooperation and collaboration between nonprofits in the city. And I, I could not highlight a better partnership than what the Boys and Girls Clubs have with Employee Milwaukee. We tend to put our arms around together a problem or a challenge in the community and together solve that. And so one great example um, is a program that we do together, which is, you know, of course, our Earn and Learn. Mm -hmm. 
program. Again, you know, you think of what are the things that teenagers and 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 tweens are really interested in? Of course, their devices. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, their social media. And of course, making and having their own money. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you put those things together, particularly with the dynamic staff that you have and that we have here at the clubs, it just makes magic. The other side of that coin is that I think people don't often realize that the work that, that you all do at Employ Milwaukee and the work that we do at Boys and Girls Club is as preventative as it is advocating for something good in the future. Yes. The work that we do is so highly preventative. Not having things to do, for example, in the summer months and you're 14, 15, 16 is a recipe for disaster. Yep. Having a job where you're getting paid and you're getting assistance with transportation, which I know we both offer, mm-hmm. um, and learning new skills, that's an incentive. So I'm really so proud about um, how our two organizations operate together by being both very preventative in our mindset but also very prescriptive in our solutions. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited that we've expanded some of the work that we're doing together into some disciplines that, again, a lot of young people just don't know what they do anymore. Um, my grandfather and my father-in-law worked in a factory um, in the automotive industry their entire lives. Factories are not the same factories anymore. It's it's like the commercial. It's it's not your grandmother's Buick. It's not right. <laughs> There's, you know, factory, it's highly automated. There's so much tech involved. And so some of it is also changing the mindset of what we believe is this particular industry. Um, And that one just jumps out, you know, Milwaukee is a huge manufacturing company. That's how it built its reputation. Manufacturing has never been more progressive than it is in 2023. Absolutely. And my next next question is around um, the thing that I really, really like the most about our partnerships. And, and you talked about career exploration, and that's something that we've spoken off the mic about. That's something that we've collaborated with uh, via a grant application, and it's the Ready Center. And, and so what is your vision for the Ready Center and for youth development? Because I think what we have here is something unique when we started to talk about it, and I'm like, Yes, that's one of the, the things that we lack is where is a place for young, young people to go um, in this career exploration and get that kind of hands-on uh, occupational opportunities. And so can you tell our listeners your vision for youth development using this Ready Center? Yeah, so um, the Ready Center is, is a new Boys and Girls Club site here in Milwaukee. It's on uh, Vell Phillips between North Avenue and Walnut, so really centrally located to a lot um, of of things that are happening in the city, and it's a space for teens. And one of the things that we realized is that um, our teens don't want to be with the little kids. Mm -hmm. When you're 13, 14, you don't think of yourself necessarily as a boy or a girl. And so sometimes that, that appeal of the Boys and Girls Club is just too juvenile for them. And so this Ready Center, it looks like Shaitania. It feels like a a student union at a small liberal arts college. It's got a cafeteria. It has a lounge area. You know, you can drive your car and park there. Um, It just has a very different vibe than the other clubs. And And the reason and the impetus for the idea of the Ready Center was truly to get our teens ready for life, whether that's college or career, mm-hmm. you need a post-secondary plan, and mostly we need to get you ready for life. Recently, I was at an event and we were asked to pay for tickets by checkbook. And I pulled out this 
thing that you would call a checkbook. And the young person sitting next to me said, what is that? It's my checkbook for my checking account. And they said, what do you want to check on? And I said, no, that's how I pay. And it dawned on me, they had never seen a checkbook in their lives. And so not that our tools have to be the way we teach these topics, but we have to teach the topics. So whether it's online banking, money management, um, we do this great exercise with Monopoly Money with our teens, and uh, we we give them all $1,000. And then they have to go to these different stations mm-hmm. and pay for uh, their electric bill, their um, cable bill, their Netflix subscription, um, child care, you know, and, and that they get to the end and they have like $2 left. And they're like, well, but I just had $1,000 over here. And there's nothing like having to do that exercise to really teach you the mechanics of basic budgeting. Right. But again, preparing them for life. Um, one of the things you we talk a lot about also is making healthy choices with risky behaviors. And, you know, unfortunately, our kids are growing up really, really fast with all the access on the Internet. And so risky behaviors can be anything from smoking and drinking to um, engaging in kind of physical behavior before you're ready. And so the Ready Center really is centered around getting kids ready for life, right? including using a checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm always amazed too, as young people, the old phones that we used to have and how to dial a number on the phones, the rotary phones that you spin around and, and them like, well, what is that? How do you even make this phone dial? But you're right. The checkbook financial literacy is definitely something that our young people need to be exposed to and the way we teach it, we have to teach it in the way that they're growing to learn uh, financial literacy versus our kind of outdated checkbooks, even though <laughs> you and I still use checkbooks. We still have checkbooks. <laughs> um, you know, th- this, this other question here is, you know, um, something that we all are, as anyone who's working, whether you're in for-profit or nonprofit, we see it every day on TV, you know, with everything going on, we're seeing so many disheartened stories. Last night, a 13-year-old was killed, um, you know, and, and it's just, it's sad. And, you know, events we're seeing on the news, it seems like more than ever, it's important that our community um, provide and wrap its arms around programs and activities to keep young people out of trouble and steer young people into a positive direction. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but could you share with our listeners some preventative programs that Boys and Girls Club uh, may have come up with or is in process of coming with to help combat juvenile delinquency here in Milwaukee? Well, if we had an hour, I think for this topic, um, it could be a spinoff podcast. You know, mm-hmm. Shaitani, there's, mm-hmm. right. there's just such a volume of, of issues. I, I'll tell you this. In the past 18 months, uh, my leadership team and I have made a pledge towards action. And when we hear things like, you know, our thoughts and prayers are with, or, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's a positive sentiment, but unfortunately thoughts and prayers are not changing outcomes and actions. And so we are going to be an agency of, of action. And some of those actions uh, included being very reactive and responsive. So, for example, um, at the height of sort of uh, some of the youth violence that was happening last year and last summer, we started opening our clubs on Saturdays. 
from 10 to 2. Right. Kids can drop in all age groups. Uh, we have activities. We have food. We have music. We have games. And kids can just be kids. And, you know, mom can go get her hair done or, mm-hmm. you know, dad can go to the barbershop or run errands, you know, just letting the kids be kids. Right. And that was really, really impactful. And, and you know, as you know, some of the neighborhoods that we serve have had more challenges than others, mm-hmm. but it was just important to react and respond to say, let's do something to keep kids safe. So that's maybe one example. Mm-hmm. I would also say that we work a lot with other organizations, yours included, And when we're given a challenge, being the biggest Boys and Girls Club in the United States comes with some responsibility. Mm -hmm. The amount of reckless driving, I'm sure as someone who lives in the city as well, you see this every day. Mm -hmm. We decided to double the number of kids that we offer free driver's ed education to at the Boys and Girls Club. That's a big one. The true story. So about a week and a half ago, Milwaukee Police Department tweeted out the registration flyer for driver's ed that's coming up in the spring. Uh And they said, hey, you know, Boys and Girls Club is offering this free driver's ed and here's the UR uh, code, just, you know, go and register. We had 292 registrations in five hours. Wow. (laughs) Wow. And so it's exciting, but it also tells me that there's even more demand for these kinds of services. Another thing that we do, you know, uh, in the evenings, is uh, with our heart program or with some of our career and college programs, we take a lot of the kiddos on HBCU college tours. Mm -hmm. They need to see things outside of the city of Milwaukee. In the summers, we operate, you know, our Camp Wick Mason up Mm -hmm. in Heartland. And every kid that goes to Boys and Girls Club in the summer gets a chance to go up and spend the day at camp and swim in the lake. And and no, there aren't sharks in the lake, which has been part of the feedback we heard from some of the kids who didn't want to get in. But we have the big, huge Olympic right. pool. We have 300 acres and bugs and frogs and all the things that kids should be doing in a really safe environment with very well-trained, caring adults. And so I think there's a lot more mm-hmm. that we will do. Um, there's a couple struggles that are particularly, I think, challenging, and they feed into the, the question that you asked. Never has there been more of a troubling time for youth mental health. And we are seeing this show up in a myriad of ways, whether it's behavior escalation, um, inability to kind of self-food. It's just since the pandemic, it's just really exploded. And so we have a great partnership with Children's Hospital, with these mobile mental health vans, with their professionals and staff. We have a great partnership with um, St. A's, currently called WellPoint, similar thing where they can have intervention, you know, for our kids and families. So they're not waiting months and months and months to see a doctor. And those are things that we can do, not because we're clinicians at Boys and Girls Clubs. We have the best partners in Milwaukee, like Employ Milwaukee. Thank you, Kathy, for that. And I always ask the guests that I bring on um, this question, what do you want your legacy to be when it's all said and done for you? My, My hope is that I leave the city of Milwaukee a better place than I found it. My hope is that it's a better place for everyone Mm -hmm. and not a select few. My hope is that Milwaukee is inclusive and proud of the city that that we are Mm -hmm. in that moment. And my hope is that the kids that we serve feel that we have done them a good service, that we provided what they needed when they needed it that we heard them when they spoke to us. 
that we responded when they challenged us and that we were good servants to our community and not being the last female CEO at the Boys and Girls Club. It's a proud moment to be the first, but my legacy will be that I will not be the last. Right. Well, Kathy, I want to thank you for your insights with us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Do you have any parting words that you'd like to leave our listeners with? First of all, I would just like to say to you, Shaitania, thank you for doing this podcast. I love the intent and um, and the candor with, with which you conduct these interviews. I learned a lot from previous episodes. So whoever's coming on next, get ready. <laughs> she asked all the questions. <laughs> Um, but it's just great for community. And um, please, if if any of your listeners would like to support the Boys and Girls Club, um, either with their time or their talent or their treasure, um, our website is www.bgcmilwaukee.org. Thank you, Kathy, for that. And as a board of trustee for Boys and Girls Club of Greater Milwaukee, any support is always welcomed um, because as we've mentioned on this podcast, Prevention is the key and the way to prevent is exposure to opportunities. And so thank you again, Kathy, for joining us today on Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Shaitania. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.